welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or ever listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. I am so happy to share that this episode is sponsored by our friends over at Daft Boy. Daft Boy is an LGBTQ plus owned and operated startup based in San Francisco, committed to creating high quality and unique fans, accessories, and gear perfect for any occasion. Listeners of Block Talk can earn 15% off their purchase at daftboy.com with the code BLOCKTALK15. That's BLOCKTALK15 at daftboy.com. And as always, follow me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. It's the fiesta we didn't know we wanted. It's reunion time, baby. What will the girls discuss? It's time to find out as we talk all things Drag Race Mexico. And with me to do so is the always fabulous Antonio Amor. Hello. Hello, hello. So nice to see you again. Good to see you. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Um, here to talk about Drag Race Mexico. Who knew we'd finally get to talk about Mexican drag? Yes, I'm very, very excited. Um, this is a season that I... Um, was very excited about the second it got announced, and I've been glued to it. So I'm super excited to dish the tea on today's reunion. And yeah, we're going to get to talk about basically the entire season because that's how they um, made the reunion happen, which I will discuss if we like this version, if we like the other kinds of version, but we'll get through it. First... As always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as a present to us, the reality in production. We are showing the editing of television show wants to see. We are actively presenting yes, the real people got an opportunity to go on television to share their crafts, but they've also put themselves in a position to discuss what is said on the podcast from entertainment to discuss reality in the show. All right. We are one week away for the grand finale. Someone's going to be crowned. But before we find out who's going to be crowned, how'd you feel about the season? Um, I liked this season. I thought it was a great um, first season for Drag Race Mexico. I think there are definitely some areas of improvement that I'm excited to see as the show continues to progress mm-hmm. and grow. But I thought they did a great job of choosing a diverse range of talents, um, a great job of having Valentina and Lolita co-host and kind of set a standard for. Um, and I thought the challenges were very unique and diverse and kind of Touched on all the drag stepping stones, but did it with a little bit of that Mexican heat that we love. So I really enjoyed this season and I'm excited to see it continue to be one of the um, memorable franchises from all of the drag international franchises that have been born. Absolutely. I think one thing that really is going to sit with me is this has been a very, very overall strong cast um sure there have been things that um may lead to a certain outcome that being said there have been a content other contenders throughout this season that you like theoretically three out of four could probably win this yeah i thought it was a very evenly matched season um in terms of the casting so and i thought Aside from some of my opinions about who should win each week, they also did a good job on the production end of balancing out the wins to where um, it's kind of an even playing field and it really comes down to what the last challenge is. And I guess it's, it's going to be one of those that the gays fight over at brunch and that's always a good season. Oh, we will. Now, how 
were you familiar with any of the cast members prior to the season? Did you know any of them? So I was familiar with um, some of the more uh, well-known one, well-known ones. Um, Regina, I was familiar with uh, Margaret. Um, I was not familiar with some of the the newer queens that had a bit more mm-hmm. of a take. So that was very exciting because when I think a Mexico drag, I do think something along more along the lines of traditional. Uh, I don't like to say old school. I say traditional drag, um, but mm-hmm. a very more classic style of drag, classic silhouette. So it was really exciting to see them cast um, some fresh neo drag um, that kind of pushed the the boundaries in terms of the runways and the challenges. Absolutely. Well, let's do it. Let's talk about it. Drag Race in Mexico had a little bit of everything this season, and now we're not talking about the kinky looks that Lolita and Valentina are serving in this reunion. It's the most anticipated reunion, according to Lolita. Valentina teases us that we will discuss the tears and laughter while Lolita says they'll discuss all the things that were said and some things that weren't aired. Um, Really, I I think everything that was said in this reunion was said on the show. Um, But hey, that's what happens when you film the reunion right after your last episode so there's that and we're gonna learn who the first official miss congeniality of drag race mexico will be but the girls are back in the house all 11 divas are here and we are going to talk about their looks to start in honor of the reunion we are going to play reunited and it feels so good or i don't remember her are you ready i'm ready Let's start off with start off with Miss Vallarta. She's giving us uh, her attempt of a sexy nurse. Listen, if she came to heal me, I'd be like, "Oh my God, clowns do medicine now, slay!" Proportions are never her favorite. I think the shoulders are way too large for the hair, which wants to be the centerpiece, but they just melded together. Um, she's one who needs a little work. What did you think of Miss Vallarta's look? Yeah, I liked her interpretation of going with a different uh, color palette on the skin. I think it's um, it makes the look different, unique, um, not just um, your standard nurse costume. That being said, there are a lot of details in terms of the proportions of the body. The hair needs to be much bigger. Um, and then I'm always looking for what is the... If the concept is what you want, how can we make the concept dragified? And I feel like this mm-hmm. looks just like a regular Halloween nurse outfit, something that you'd buy. Yeah, Putting the sleeves isn't enough to bring it into that next level of drag for me. Um, so for me, it it was a little lackluster for me. I will go, I don't remember you. Yes. Sorry, girl, I don't remember you. Audience, 41% reunited and it feels so good. 59% I don't remember you. Um, I don't know if you've ever if you went to like your school reunion or anything, but I when I went to my uh tenure, I was like, okay, the brain is trying to remember what is going on. I don't you nope, can't can't forget it. Glad you're doing well. That that was me the entire time. I graduated also, with 31 kids, so that wasn't too okay. Hard. Okay, that's not too bad. <laughs> I also was like, this is my official coming out party, so y'all I'm gay and have a fabulous time thank you all right next up vermilion noir i mean good for her for staying true to herself and giving us red and white i think the biggest problem for her is that almost everything that she does is so ornate that rarely nothing stands out as the look for her i think this is cute it's true to her drag i like the gold introduction into the fabric it's just very safe for her 
Yeah, um, my concern really with this outfit was, one, there was a lot going on. Um, you really didn't know where your eye should focus or look to. Mm -hmm. And you think, oh, probably the paint. But the paint almost takes a backseat to kind of all the choices made on the outfit. Uh, I They made a funny joke that we'll probably touch on around uh, culture and, and how she pulls cultures of different sorts into her aesthetic of mm -hmm. drag. But for me... Um, it just doesn't say anything. It says that you just got fabric. So yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm going to go with... I'll, I'll give her a soft reunite and it feels so good, but it's like just soft because at least she stepped it up next to like, you know, Miss Vallarta. Um, audience, 74% reunited and it feels so good. 26% I don't remember you. Pixie Pixie, uh, another one who stays true to her drag. I love that you are getting sexy and also getting like evil vampress. Uh, the headpiece is giving. She she's just she's she's a very unique drag artist, and I think that's what I loved about her. Yeah, I love Pixie. Pixie. She was one of the ones that I'm sad didn't go a lot further because I just mm -hmm. like she probably had some really um, interesting things packed away in those suitcases that we didn't get to see on the season. Yeah. Um, I love this look. I think the um, the way the back piece mimics the headpiece. There's a focus point. The face is well coordinated with the undertones of the outfit. I think it's well done. I think it's true to her. Um, and yeah, I enjoy it. So definitely reunited. And it does feel so good to see Pixie Pixie. I agree. Reunited feels so good. Audience, 94%. 6%. I don't remember you. Moving on to Serena Morena. No one said that she was the most vibrant drag artist of the cast. She is going for simple and relaxed and said, I will be comfortable, but here's my sparkle. I'm not offended by the simplicity. She does look cute. Uh, love that little necklace bolo moment. The hair is a great color. The mug is beat. It's, it, it's fine. I just don't think she had anything else that was going to be better. Um. Yeah, I didn't like this. Um. I thought this is probably something that you could order off of Shein or Fashion Nova very easily. Probably. Um, this looks like um, the crowning gown when you don't think you're going to win the pageant. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm going to be safe. Um, I think she's gorgeous. She's beautiful. I love what she did with her, her eyes, but I just think, I don't know. I was expecting the girls who didn't get to show everything this season to show up and show out for the episode that they were going to get a little more screen time on. And um, that's fair. That unfortunately fell short and I don't remember her. I'm going to give her a soft reunited and feels so good. The audience, they were kinder to her. 78% reunited and feels so good. 22%. I don't remember you. Arhenis. Perhaps she was saving her good shit for the finale, but damn, this was a dance outfit she had laying around and said, this is the best you're getting from me today. Um, I do like the blue and yellow. They are paired well. She is giving you Cookie Monster realness. I wish the nude panel was stoned a bit. I think the hair is cute with the yellow streaks to match the bodysuit. It's very simple compared to other things we've seen from her. So I was disappointed in that regard. Yeah, I agree. Um, we've seen a lot of great things from Arhenis. Um, I do love the color palette that she picked. I love that she tied that neon yellow into the uh, finger waves of the hair that are laid out. Um yeah, it just does not make the cut for me. The new panel there in the front for me just doesn't make sense. Um, and I think actually pulls away from what would be a, a 
okay look. I just overall wasn't wasn't floored with it. So, you know, for me, I don't remember you. Again, I'm going soft reunited feels so good. The, the audience, they're kind again. 72% reunited feels so good. 20% I don't remember you. Margaret, the, uh, we will talk about it when we get to her segment, but this is where what we've come to know and expect from Margaret. It's comic, it's cartoon, it's manga, it's anime, it's Margaret. I think the dead bunnies on her buster is a choice. It's very simple and comfortable. Um, not my favorite. Again, some, 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 something's going on in the water there. Yeah, um, Margaret, yeah, um, I, I, the very first episode, the pigeon outfit was a choice. And regardless if people liked it or didn't like it, I love that she made a unique and a specific choice about it. This felt a little more generic. This felt like something that she kind of just was like, okay, what do people know me for? What colors work best? We'll just put something together. And I don't think the silhouette's very flattering. And I think there's too many textures going on for it to feel cohesive. Um, Yeah, but but that being said, I do love what she did with her paint. Um, I thought it was, um, and we'll get to get to her paint, I'm sure. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I just, I would probably say, I don't remember you. I agree. I don't remember you. Audience, 41% reunited and it feels so good. 59%, I don't remember you. Lady Cato. I always loved when we have Mexican heritage infused into the drag, and that's what Lady Cato did so well. This is beautiful and detailed, very true to the character she presents. The silhouette, again, this is what she gives you. She loves the big, big uh, gown part. Love the hair and the floral in it. For me, this very much is the encompassment of what the Mexican drag of this season was. I completely agree. Yeah, it's very um, referential to the Mexican culture. Um, I like all the ornate details in terms of the hair, the flower choices, um, the gold chains, uh, the detail work on the skirt. Um, Yeah, I love it. I feel it's very true to what we saw of her in the season. And it's just that very warm energy that we've come to know um, that the Mexican culture provides. and yeah, I loved it. I think she is reunited and it feels so good. I agree. Reunited and it feels so good on audience. They loved it too. 82% reunited and feels so good. 18% I don't remember you. Matraca. First off, the fact that she had to sit in the top row while the other finalists were in the bottom row. Very rude. Very, very rude. Uh, that being said, she stood out with this, this look. Do I love the color? A hundred percent. It's my color. She's like a mouse, I think. The bold red lip against the blue face, very dynamic. The garment itself is on the simpler side, but the impact that she has with the overall execution of it. Yeah, let's celebrate it. We love Matraca here. I love Matraca. Love, love, love Matraca. Um, yeah, the the pa- the colors are just right for me. The way the makeup setting's perfect. Um, the outfit is a bit on the simplistic side, but I think she did a good job of finding places to really accent, um, silhouette structure, the pleating, the pussy capo. Um, and when she stands, you don't really see it very much in the episode, but the couple of times that she does get up, there's something that she does very, very well to where she, you can tell Matraka's tall, but she looks extremely elongated in her legs. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so hard to do with something that has a bit more shape to it, such as what she's wearing. So it's an absolute reunited, and it feels so, so good with Matraka. Agreed. 
audience, 94% reunited and feels so good. 6%, I don't remember you. How tall do you think Matraka is? Because she's probably on the taller side of this cast. I want to say Matraka is probably around like 6'2", if I had to guess. Okay, interesting, interesting. Well, I'm sure I'll find out one day. I'm I'm sure the Divas will be at DragCon LA. You know, you know it's a quick trip to LA. They'll be there. Uh, hopefully drag DragCon New York if it ever comes back. I mean, I want it back. It would be so much easier, but well, yeah. one day. World of Wonder, if you're listening, please. Your New Yorkers want it. Yeah. A little pop-up event. Didn't really cut it. <laughs> Got a bottom designers let's do it um her choker says it all sex uh she knows who she is i think this is sexy and flirty and fabulous and a way to seduce the host to get that crown love the makeup it's a stunning stunning enticing look i do like the hair it is a bit small but it's perfectly paired with the proportions of the entire styling of how she put this look together yeah um it's just hot very very sexy one thing i always say to to any drag queen um is if you're wearing something that doesn't have straps or kind of gives that bust top always put a pasty under because you never know at what angle what's going to slip out and i love that the pasty ties into the outfit but it's intentional that you're supposed to see that chest and that have that exposure I do wish there was a bit more volume on the hair. I think the color choice is right. The style of it's right. I just think it probably could have used some more teasing at the base to give it a bit more height. Sure. So it didn't look as flat, um, but absolutely reunited. And it feels so very good. Agreed. 88% reunited and it feels so good. 12%. I don't remember you. Rahina Voce. I'm not saying that Rahina is checked out, but this look is doing the least. She's got like a jacket dress on and boots and that's it. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe she ran out of looks or she was just there to do the gig and just wanted to do something else and go home and sleep. But um, I love you, Rahina. You're one of my absolute favorites, but this is not going to cut it. Yeah, Rahina was, the look was a letdown. The look was a big letdown. Um, there were multiple runways that really impressed me of hers. And so I was very excited um, this episode to see what she'd wear um, specifically yeah. because what a lot of people don't realize is drag is not comfortable in the slightest but I wear my most uncomfortable drag when I have a chance to just sit and look pretty and so I was hoping she'd wear something that was so sickening that we would we weren't going to get to see on the show because no one wants to be in that kind of drag for 12 hours um, but it was right. something that I don't know it, it was um it was a walk around look, you know, the, you show up in this look, you say hi to the girls, you get a couple of drinks um, and then you go and, yeah. you know, um, get ready for the show. I just wasn't very impressed. I was let down, even though I adore her. But um, this was just. I'm sorry, I don't remember you, Regina. I agree. Audience, I don't know. Maybe it's the love for her. 71% reunited and feels so good. 29%. I don't remember you. They're, they're very, very nice. And finally, Christian Peralta, I love this so much. I feel like she's worn this before or used elements of the mesh top before with the feathers. Um, that being said, pink and purple, beautifully paired. The mug is stamped. Her hair is pretty and playful. She knows how to do drag so well. Such a good drag queen. Such, such a good drag queen. From the start, from the very first week, I was just floored. So, um yeah, this look is beautiful. There's something referential about the mesh. I'm sure we've probably seen it pulled into maybe a couple I of think it, I think it was the entrance look. 
I think so too. It, it's it's referential, it's but great material. But yeah, the material is great at shines and sparkles. Um, this gives me a little quinceanera cita, which I love. Um, in terms of the color palette, the execution of the feathers, ostrich, thank goodness, um, was used. <laughs> um beautifully painted i loved the choice of the hair this is also hair though that i would love to see a bit more volume in um just because when she's seated um it looks great and then in when she stands up and she lifts and you no longer see the waves it looks like one flat piece so i would love a little more yeah. volume um but other than that it's definitely reunited and feeling very good I agree. 94% reunited and it feels so good. 6%. I don't remember you. Now, how this reunion seemed to work is rather than segment the season out and talk about moments, each queen is going to get their moment to speak. So we're going to follow along with that format. Now, obviously, in we, we, we've seen our fair share of like the American reunions. Um, some other franchises will do a reunion here or there. Which one would do you prefer? Do you like that each queen gets their moment or would you prefer that it is segmented out as the best moments of the season? It, it's um, it's kind of a double-edged sword there because I, I really enjoyed that each each girl kind of got her moment. Um, She got her airtime because I think in the American season, sometimes there's often this discourse around some girls don't get any screen time during their union because the big focus points that they want to talk around are things that are around certain queens that are there on the season and, and certain moments. Right. Um, so I like that it respectfully gave everyone their moment. That being said, it did feel a little kind of like a larger episode of a pit stop of just, we went through the season right. and we didn't really get to hit on some of the bigger moments that I thought we were going to hit on because it just primarily focused around the girls. So I would like probably next season for them to find a good blend of the two. I agree. I think that's exactly where it should be. And RuPaul and American Drag Race, I feel like that's what you should do too. Find the blend of the two or really make sure some of the early out queens get their moment to talk and not just the twins. Thank you. Um, let's go through it. Miss Vallarta, the pork chop of Mexico. How's she doing? Well, great. Um, well, there was, was some struggle. She went to Vallarta and enjoyed the sun. Good for her. Which is funny because we know she did not go to um, uh, Puerto Vallarta after she filmed. She probably went to the beaches of Bogota because they filmed in Colombia. <laughs> and friends, if this set looks familiar, you're going to see it two more times for the next couple months because it's the same fucking set as the other two franchises that filmed on this lot. To kick things off, it's time to discuss that lip sync. The first lip sync of the season that was so bad, it still sent nobody home. Um, you as a viewer, you as someone who is so excited for Drag Race Mexico, and that's the first lip sync you get. What did you think? It was terrible. It really, really was so bad. I was hoping for a double elimination. Yeah. I was like, send them both home. Please send them both home. We'll forget this episode happened. We'll start fresh. And then the fact that they were like, we're going to keep you both and go on to the next week. I was like, the level, the bar, the um, just what I expected of them to present doing something that is the bread and butter of a drag queen. It just was mm -hmm. not it. And I will say of 
a, a lot of the tracks um, that they pulled for the lip syncs, I actually really enjoyed. I thought they did a good job of picking songs um, that were very, um, lent itself to being performative and, and having perspective. So it was very upsetting. And I actually remember after the first episode going, mm, I don't know about the season. I don't know anymore. I'm yeah. not certain. Um, it left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth, but luckily- Now there are rumors that both Lolita and Valentina wanted them both gone and production was like, you can't do that. So I think that would make at, sense. At least the judges had an idea. Yeah. Now she's asked what she was thinking in that moment. And she said it was her way to leave her last chance on the, and leave a mark on the program. So she had two options, do nothing or pretend to do nothing. And our Hennessy will be like, well, you did nothing. Now I know you, you are a fabulous lip sync artist. You are a fabulous performer. If you were her and Vermelia in that moment, what would you do if you didn't know the song? Uh, if you don't know the words, very simple. Do the most. If you're doing the most, there's less of a chance for them to not be staring at you. The idea yeah. that I don't know the words, so I'm going to do the least. They're going to be watching your lips even closer. Um, I usually harp on girls who... Um, I'll see do a ballad and they don't know the words. And I said, you asked for trouble by doing a ballad. Cause all I'm watching is for the words, for the ad libs, for the runs, it's all on the mouth. So um, pull the tricks. If you've got them, give a little glitter hands, glitter hands, glitter hands, um, do a little kiss here and there. And in an out of drag race world, you'd go ahead and you'd say, take a tip and go, thank you, baby. So good to see you. Right, they, right, they <laughs> and you keep going while those verses go until the chorus hits again. But um, absolutely, and and, you, and they have to remember if if they got called out for bad lipstick, they could have just said, "Hey, Valentina, remember the mask? Remember the mask?" So at least they had a, a, a way to call back to the host. Yep, I know. I actually thought it would have been very comical if maybe one of them had a mask hidden in their outfit, pulled it out, and put it on. Literally, put it on. All right. That's all we get from Miss Vallarta. Moving on to Vermilion Noir. Uh, let's shift and talk to her. Who who she she's happy to be there with everyone. Does she love the girls? Well, she says that the at the beginning of the season, she said it was obvious. What am I doing here? But she finally understood that you just have to let your let go of your fears and have fun, which she did on the third episode, and then got kicked out. Now Regina will tell her she did a good job, and Vermelia will call herself out for her lip syncs. Um, that is not her drag talent. Um, she said uh, she was very embarrassed watching them back. How How is it that um, an artist like Vermelia gets on a first season? Is it because they want a diverse um, drag artist? Or are, are they really hoping the bitch practiced the lip syncs before she got there? Because clearly she is not someone who performs. Yeah, I think they're really wanting to showcase um, a wide range of drag. I think drag's come such a long way of many drag artists do different things. Um, greatest U.S. example I can think of, um, Charlie Hyde. Do, do something, Charlie. Charlie's a live singer. They don't lip sync. Not yeah. everyone does. Um, it's kind of a pillar. I think every queen should know at least one or two songs in their you know in their pocket and have it um but when it comes to something like drag race it's really who can who can do who can do it all and i think 
um, where they kind of fell short was assuming that their other talents and their other strengths would carry them, um, which good for you. But if you know lip syncing is not your thing, you should probably be working at it the hardest because if you do fall into that bottom, it's your only saving grace. Do you think it would have been better for her to wait for a season or two later? I think so. I think you could tell in the first few episodes, they just weren't present. They weren't there. And I felt a lot of that was sizing up everyone else in the room and it just put them kind of um, in in a predicament where when they got uh, put in the bottom and they had to do something they were uncomfortable with, there was no way that they were going to climb out of that hole. I think probably, I think like two more seasons and this would have been someone we probably would have seen in the top four, top five. I agree. Well, here's another one I thought we'd definitely see this season, top four, top five, from Daughter to Mother is the Queen of Black and White, Pixie Pixie. She is feeling very happy and thinks the experience has been the best in her life. Lolita will remind her that she joined Drag Race Mexico at a very difficult time for her, and we are reminded of her conversation with Christian about her dad, who passed away prior to the show. She tells us that she thought about not doing it many times before coming to the show and says that sometimes your heart moves you, but you also must go on and take the opportunities life gives you. She will say that at the time her grief was too intense, but is proud of what she did. If you had a major opportunity presented to you, but were suddenly impacted by a major life event, what would you do? I think it's it's a difficult position to be in. For me, I think I would have to kind of do an assessment of where I'm at in my grief before making the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand the thought that an opportunity like this only comes around once in a lifetime. Um, but I think it depends if you're in it for the exposure or you're in it for the long haul and the win. Um, right. And if I felt prepared and ready that this was my time to go all the way, um, I wouldn't make the decision to go in knowing that I would have to find some form of uh, release, some form of treatment, um, how I'm going to take care of myself when the cameras stop rolling to be able to put myself in a good mind space for the room. And I think um, Drag Race in itself loves to share the trauma of the girls, the trauma. Mm-hmm. So I think um, maybe she just didn't have the self-care routine off camera as strong right. as she needed to. And, and that's the thing I think a lot of viewers of the show don't re- realize is when they're on camera, they're on camera and they're with everybody. But when the cameras stop rolling and they go back to their hotel room, they're alone. There's no social media to go back to. There's no one to talk to. You are there and your most entertainment you can get is watching a DVD of something that they gave you. Yeah. So being in a position like that, she's almost forced to sit with her emotions and feelings. And I don't know if I necessarily saw that come out of her in her performances. I think she held her own very, very well. But I can understand why um, it was difficult for her because... Believe me, if I am in a room where I can't do anything, my mind races about all those things that I've pushed aside. Yeah, I, I saw it a little um, because Pixie was one of one of the people that I was kind of rooting for from from the beginning. Um, and when I just I just 
saw when they kind of gave that backstory, I was like, it it all makes sense. And I can tell it's it's messing yeah. with the brain. And I'm sad that it it got her out so early. Um, because I love her dragon. I think she's super, super talented. I agree. Valentino give her credit and tells her that she never imagined she was going through something that hard and says that she admires her. But to brighten up the mood, Lolita will tell her that they are going to watch a video of her and Pixie is like, well, that's going to cost you. Not that kind of video. Uh, but have you been to her alt Twitter? Uh, do we know if she started an OnlyFans yet? I don't know yet, but I would be intrigued and I would run my card. Yeah, I've I've heard. Um, I've not seen it myself, but I've heard the alt Twitter is uh, quite enjoyable. It's popping. It's popping. The video that they will play will be the continuation of her conversation with Christian, and it will get the tears flowing on stage, especially from the most emotional bitch in this entire room, Lolita. Girl, I feel ya. She got a heart. I love it about her. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that she was so empathetic to the girls in contrast to Valentina. <laughs> <laughs> knowing no, she no, really no. can't speak. It's true. Knowing she can't really speak because it's difficult to discuss, Valentina will share that she understands her pain as she lost her dad two years ago, and there are no words, but time will help you understand it. And I think those are very true words, um, but very specific to the person. I personally have lost my dad three years ago. I don't think I've grieved yet, and that's my own personal burden, but yes, time will heal all wounds. It's just a matter of when you're emotionally ready to heal them. Yeah, um, I'm lucky enough my parents are still around, but, I, you know, I've lost people very close in my family, and I I think it's very true. I don't think it ever um, goes away. I just think it gets easier, and the only way to do that is to give yourself the grace and, most importantly, just the time. I will say, watching Lolita get so emotional wearing leather and a collar, it kind of sent me. It was very campy. It was so, it was so good. It was so, so good. Yeah, no, this was a really touching moment um, when Pixie talked about um, just needing to pay off that last designer and her dad just handing her that money over. I just thought, beautiful moment. Beautiful. I'm glad they, they refeatured that. Pixie will address the camera and thanks the people for watching as they are the ones that make her feel alive and help her go on. And Lolita will monologue that it's times like these that they remember that um, it's not just a competition, but a platform to open up and create new bonds. Valentina says that they are really glad they are part of the family. And with that, it's time for a commercial break. And if you're like me watching on WoW Presents Plus, it was just a cutaway and a very awkward edit. <laughs> not even the, so weird. the way to the logo and, and the back. Right, it was boop boop. Yeah. All right. Next up, Serena Marina. Um, we pick up right from where we left off. Um, she shares that she is happy and excited about the whole experience because she was a fan of the show at first and then decided to do drag. And now, wow, she's on the show as a drag queen. Her pussy was vibrating all the time. Valentina tells her that there were intense moments, but she was always serene. Zanana shares that if she had to lip sync, she was prepared and she was prepared three times. We're going to get a look back at her lip syncs. And I will say she may not have been the most polished of queens, but she was very good at the art of lip syncing. Yeah, I definitely thought when it came time to perform, they did a great job. Um, I think they could have. I think they, uh, you know, were also a queen that I thought had great potential. Give it a, another season or so and they would have been yeah. 
all the way up there because they they had all they had all the goods to make the cake. They just didn't have the right recipe just yet. I agree. Do you think she got a fair shake at the competition? I think she got a fair shake. I think um, I was actually very impressed with her getting this far with such a talented group. But I do see where she got sent home and the rest of the pack ahead of her and why she got sent home when she got sent home. Well, if she could summarize her experience in one word, exciting. That's it. That's all we're going to hear from her all episode. That's it. (laughs) It's time to chat with the chameleon, Argenis. The girls will mock her by singing that she is the best drag queen, dancing as her are, blah, 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 blah. Um, I don't know what had happened between her elimination and this, but she lit up. She had, she was so graceful. She was so content. She was very calm. I was very impressed to see this side of her. Yeah, there was like, um, I don't know. I guess maybe the pressure of having to compete being off brought out just kind of this more playful and joyous side. And it was so nice to see. And I wish we could have gotten more of that in the workroom and and during the Because a lot of the edit that we were getting from her is like, they were trying to paint her as the villain, the antagonist a lot. Um, But it seemed like the girls loved her. Yeah. And, and I mean, um, it's funny. A lot of the, the new girls will all always think that people are fighting or arguing or bullying or whatnot. When girls are being shady, it's our way of showing love. And you could absolutely tell they loved her. They loved her. Our Hennies is there in good spirits as they as she says that this was something huge that she was expecting deep down, and it was her time to be there and meet all her sisters. She thanks Valentina and Lolita for recognizing someone from a small city like Guilar Jores. Lolita says that she was a private person, but they all cried when she left. Now, after her little montage of highlights and lowlights, she will admit that she cried and wanted to cry and reveals that she had a lot of feelings back then and a thin skin. Matraka tells her that it was nice to see her show herself as they didn't see it coming. Now, Christian tells her she came in there wearing a mask of, bitch, I'll kick your ass, but then they met the human behind the mask. She tells her she was wonderful, sensitive, and vulnerable and reminds her she told... um, her that she came there as a hurt child who wanted to make their dreams come true and they appreciate the person she became now obviously it's hard to see that entire arc when this is just mere days since we probably got eliminated um but i i I feel like based on how they treated her in this reunion if there's an all-star season sometime soon our hennies will get a phone call i think so i think most definitely i think I think her mindset was very much what a, a lot of the the queens go in as, which is this is a competition. I'm here to take everyone out when really yeah. the girls who succeed and do the best are the ones that come in and say, I'm confident in myself and I'm going to have fun, get silly and showcase my art. Um, Absolutely. And I think she discovered that during the process. And so she'll be unstoppable in an all-star season when she knows that from the get-go. I agree, because I think that the things that brought her down, not the lip syncing, not design, not the runway, it was performance challenges. And I think she had never experienced that kind of performance before. So she was going in there trying to do what this is what Drag Race tells you to do. And it wasn't right. She did it once. I think if she can tackle a snatch game, she can tackle an acting challenge or a musical again. She's going to do fine. I think she'll do amazing because that lip sync skill, Mama, she's got it down. She's got it down. 
All right, it's time to do something for Valentina and Lolita. Oh, pit crew, our sexy man arrives with glasses because the library is open again. How are you at the art of reading? I'm very, um, I like to think of myself as very good at reading, um, but I started out in the ballroom scene. So I was around the girls who were very, very shady and who meant it. Um, but <laughs> when the drag race days do come, I got some tricks up my sleeve. Oh, I'm here for it. Now, um, before they even start, Gala wants our hennies to go again because uh, th that was rough. Her first go around, very, very bad. Some of them were unable to read, but let's discuss the reads that came out of this reunion. Welcome to the reading challenge, part deux. Miss Vallarta on Gala. People say you're white and privileged and you can't do anything by yourself. I, I disagree. You're a bit more tan now. Nope, flop. We've heard it before. Your makeup skills are a mess. Blah, 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 blah. You're much older now. It's a Bendela Creme knockoff. What I will say, and this is me admitting that I am an asshole, ignorant American. I didn't realize how impactful the the skin color in Mexico really meant to these queens because it came out a lot this season. And I think that's really something which I thought was really important for international viewers to understand. Very, very much within our culture, um, very much white passing um, Latinos, you know, it, it's a conversation that's had over and over and over again. So I thought it was a great point that they brought up um, quite often during the season because yeah, people do get treated differently um when you're darker than when you have a lighter skin tone and that applies to people within the same culture and and the same heritage too absolutely and again this is why i love drag race on all these international seasons because i'm learning i'm learning things that i never got to learn before so thank you drag race vermelia Matraca. miss vallarta i mean Matraca. that's all that, that that was the that, that was the read <laughs> Next. So an observation. <laughs> yeah, Margaret on Vermelia. We know you love cultural appropriation. Why don't you appropriate the gift of learning a lip sync? Okay, good read. Let's 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 open up the library. Let's discuss it all. The cultural appropriation of it all. That was a cute. I thought the read was very cute. Um, yeah, I think it's a fine line. I I appreciate that she said her intentions, cultural appreciation. Um, because you can't appreciate the cultures. I just think. Um, Knowing when you take on a culture's look to appreciate it, knowing what lens that's going to be told through, or if you're going to have time to say why you appreciate that culture is just as important. Um, if someone gets a picture of me in um, uh, Asian culture full look and they only see me, they're going to make the assumption right away. I think it's important to know Hey, this is being filmed. This is being edited. So maybe I should mm -hmm. pick something um, that shows my appreciation, but is a bit more in a safe place to where if they don't give me any talking heads for this whole episode, I'm not going to look appropriative of that culture. Absolutely. And I think that's very, very important to realize and remember, um, as I was actually talking to a queen from another franchise uh, today, uh, who experienced some of that kind of thing, um, Endigo from Drag Race Varia. She is Swedish, 
but has a massive, massive appreciation for Japanese culture. And a lot of her drag is intertwined into that. She lives in Tokyo. She is part of the culture. She's part of the community there. But for us watching her on the show, it was about like, okay, what is going on here? Why is this white queen doing all this Japanese culture? But that's her appreciation, but it never got to come out that way. So I think what you just said was brilliant. And uh, for future contestants, just keep that in the back of your mind. All about lens, all about what people are going to see, not necessarily what they're going to hear. Exactly. Arheni Sangara, uh, you told me that my hair was frizzy and the ends were open, but not as open as Gala's ass. Cute. Yeah, cute. Um, bottom, probably. Verse, more likely. Yeah. Now, I gotta say something. We heard on the first episode that there was some sort of relationship between Gala and Pixie. I'm still waiting to find out about that relationship. Yeah. I love that they said, oh, we're gonna do what Drag Race always does. We're gonna thread a love story in here. And then they said, um... Actually, never mind. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get to it soon. We'll get to it soon. And they never got you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, great. Good for them. I'm sure they were great together. I mean, the balls and the dick of Mexico together as a pair. There you go. <laughs> the library is closed, and I, I was hoping that we get something from like Pixie and Sanana so they had a little more time on this episode, but they said nothing. Yeah. Um they had their chance, I guess. Um, yeah, they did. I guess this is why literacy's dying in America or in North America. The world. The world. Literacy. All right. Moving on. Valentina will start the segment by saying it's someone who was criticized for not changing enough. Margaretia. She says she's great and has no hard feelings until she's about to be pressed for said hard feelings. She says she came to the show scared because she knows she's criticized for her drag. She collapsed after the first episode and she said she was just going to be her from that point forward. She was going to enjoy it and she'll never have this chance again. And that's what she did. Now Lolita will ask her if she agreed with the judge's comments. And here we go. Spit it out because she felt a lot of punches from a judge that really didn't like her much. Margaret will say that no matter how hard she tried to change her makeup, he never liked what she did. And she thinks she won't meet him anytime soon, but she doesn't hold any grudges. And I'm like, bring him out. Where's Oscar? He, he literally is in the hotel room. Just go grab him and bring yeah. him out and let the two of them confront it. Do you think Oscar was too extra hard on her? I don't think he was extra hard on her. Uh, I think it comes with the territory of judging. Um, and judging's always an opinion. Um, I would have liked to seen them hash it out, though. Um, I did a pageant recently, a national pageant. I had wonderful scores from four out of five judges. Judge number five did not like my drag. In every category, judge number five was the lowest score by a significant amount. Um, I know who judge number five is after doing my little bit of research. I don't like number five's drag, and I would tell that to number five's face. So I would have loved to see some confrontation. At the end of the day, my opinion on their drag is not going to change their drag. Their opinion of my drag is not going to change it. But I think it would have made for great TV and for um, Margaret to get to have her have her have her two sets because the girls never really get to do it on the show, being afraid of getting a certain edit. 
It's true. It is true. Um, we're going to put a pin on that for a second, but I want to celebrate you. Tell everyone about your little pageant that you fucking won, bitch. Hi. So I am the current reigning um, Empire State uh, Entertainer of the Year. So I competed in the national pageantry system that is Entertainer of the Year, EOY. Um, I am the representative for Empire State here in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. Um, and I went to the national competition in Louisville, Kentucky, representing the Garden State of New Jersey. And it was an amazing experience that I'm super grateful for. The outcome wasn't exactly what I wanted, thanks to judge number five. Um, but aside from that, it was a great learning experience. I'm excited to reign. Um, and I'm looking forward to have more large scale national pageants in my future. Um, hopefully one that's televised very soon. Amazing. Well, uh, also shout out to one of my best friends, Russell Zacker, for putting on that little little skit. Um, yes, if I was in town, I was gonna I was gonna be one of the um judges for the uh regional one, but maybe next year, Russell, we'll make it work next time. Yes. Now, obviously, when it comes to Margaret and these comments, uh, this is one of the moments that we did not hear about because it was not really aired. Do you think her grievances were behind the scenes or was it things that were not put into the edit but were said on camera i think her grievances were behind the scenes um maybe when the I girls maybe when the girls went back um to relax during the comments maybe they caught a little bit of it that there but i think margaret is so um calculated about her being on tv that she wouldn't have said much while the cameras were rolling I guarantee it. And what's really interesting, you 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 put it, you mentioned that. And I didn't have a place to talk about it, but now we're going to talk about it. I love Untucked. I don't like Untucked when we were telling us what just happened. I like Untucked when there's a little spice. There was no spice in this Untucked this season. No, they made why? It why? Where was the fights? Yeah, I felt like they. I I don't know the complete production edge of some of the other untucks specifically the u.s franchise and how they foster these situations where there's some ver verbal maybe it's just american contestants are are that way but i just felt like they could have pushed the buttons more stirred the pot and um made it more entertaining rather than it feel like a little bit of extra time in the episode that could have been cut i agree um I know why things were changed in America, but y'all, we got to go back and learn from our Filipino friends. Give them all the alcohol they want and you are going to get the drama. The Drag Race Philippines Untucked is out of control. It is so good television. It is so good. Yeah, It's so good. Every week there's been a fight over stupid shit or things that like are real and it's all because of the alcohol. Thank you, Absolute. Yeah. As soon as you can get the girls to to forget they're on TV, that's the fun. That's when the fun begins. That's it. Lolita will tell her that Oscar does like and love her a lot, but reminds her that their job is to be critical. It's what they must do. It's what the show is all about. She tells all the girls that sometimes they all looked really well and they had to look at the little details. And when they talk about the little issues, they may sound like big issues. Lolita knew that Margaret was very vulnerable on the runway and the smallest thing sounded like it was huge. Margaret says she accomplished her mission as the villain of makeup until that last moment. 
I mean, I fully agree with what Lolita says. Obviously, between her and Valentina, they have a different perspective as they've gone through the process. They've been on the other side to know how um, critiques are given. And I think between the two of them and Rita Vega, Nikki Doll, Grag Queen, they, they know how to talk to the girls. And I think that's been one of the best parts of having previous contestants become hosts. Um, because they are there to care for them. And, I, and that's what I really, really love. But yeah, anyone going on, on the show, you're going to get critiqued and you're not going to like it, but you have to accept it. You have to accept it. And then you have to just let it go because yeah, it's an opinion and then it's not going to matter um, the, the next day or when you get off the show, it's not going to matter. You do whatever you want. Um, but I think it's important just to remember um that's what you signed up for. You signed up to get absolutely, judged. and not only by judges panel, by the world. Yep. Valentina tells her that they enjoyed seeing her push and try new things as her audience knows who she is. And now she was showing off a different part of herself. She tells her that she's glad she came as she was, but that it was a competition and that she has to change every week to evolve. Lolita will go back um, and ask her if she's heard anything from Marta DeBile um like they actually flew back since filming uh girl th- th- this has just been days since they did snatch game of course margaret has heard nothing from the bitch because no one's saying it but hey we we had we had the moment but she thinks she might be sued who knows <laughs> lolita will also remind us that a damn witch predicted margaret's departure we will be reminded about the time regina read margaret's tarot and yeah death did become her do you believe in the power of the tarot card I do. I'm a practicing eclectic witch. Tarot's part of my um, divination practice. Um, I didn't agree with all the things Regina was saying with what the card means. Um, I was like, mm, that's a little um, produced or generic of what tarot usually tarot practitioners would usually say. Um, but I thought it was a cute way to kind of bring in the Mexican superstitions around brujeria and um how that can play into um to a contestant's mind especially a mexican contestant's mind because even the mexicans who don't believe in it they will not mess with it i love it yeah i love this moment um well as we off the tarot of it all we will pivot and segue into lady Kato's segment starting with her reading of the tarot cards from regina and it was an emotional moment for her as it tapped into something very personal Kato will get emotional and Lolita wants to tell them all that one of the things that moved her the most was every time she lip synced, they lip synced and every time she saw her interact in this sorority that they call a sisterhood, there was admiration that they have amongst themselves and it was very nice. She reminds them that they have a family now and it is going to be the beginning, as Mama Ru says. She tells them they will be together for a very long time. She says all of them have gone through difficult times during their childhood and their present life but that's what life is all about. And they love Lady Kato very much. Um, of course, we're going to cut for a commercial break because they got to get some money. And, um, you know, Lady Kato has to wipe her tears away before they come back to chat with her for real this time. Now, she is doing great, feels satisfied of herself and proud of her sisters. She is still living the dream. We're going to get a montage of her highlights, including her almost killing the pit crew with a chair during the Luchadora challenge. Um, I got to say, that was one of the best photo shoot challenges the show's ever had it really really was um that's a photo shoot challenge that i would love to do for multiple reasons but i thought it was just the icing what on would the- your luchador character look like 
Um, I would probably do something along the lines of um, Mighty Mouse Luchadora. Like, really play that. I'm okay, close. I'm here for that. Big, big guy being tossed around by by this miniature diva of of maybe like instead of Minnie the Mouse. Who knows? <laughs> Friends, make it happen. Go, go, make this happen. I want to see it. Lolita will tell Lady Carol that she's very disappointed in what she did. She's just kidding. Um, that was a, that was the thread throughout the season. But Lady Kato says that when she arrived, she saw the level of people in the workroom and was like, damn. She was a bit freaked out and said she hopes she's not the first to leave. But as she was competing, there were emotional ghosts and issues that affected her, but she overcame them. She shares that she wrote a diary from Lady Kato to Kato, where she expressed her love and thankfulness. And as the competition moved on, she trusted herself and thanked herself for more things and for the family she was with. She's happy now. We're going to move into the segment of talking about mental health and the importance of it. Valentina thanks her for sharing this with the people because taking care of your mental health and having a loving relationship with yourself is important as it will allow you to handle trauma. Lady Cato notes that we don't pay enough care to mental health. And I'm like, you're telling me I need a fucking break. I need like a, a week. I need, I need a, like a substitute podcast host. I don't think anyone watches it as much as I do, but like I could take a week off. That'd be great. She says that if people can see themselves in her and have this type of intervention for their own health, it would be helpful. Give it up to mental health. Obviously, when it comes to drag race, we have seen a lot of contestants in recent times use mental health as a reason to leave the show. And we all applaud them because mental health is important and that should be celebrated. I think this is the first time we heard any contestant talk about how they worked on their mental health while they were there through this diary that lady carol did and i was like that's kind of cool i want to hear more about that what did, what struck you about uh her talking about this um i i was really moved because it's something that you know i myself have considered if i ever found myself um doing uh drag race myself is what is the way that you decompress what's the wh- what is your method to take care of yourself so that way you can be ready to go the very next day. And what I loved is I, I believe very strongly in journaling. Um, brain draining is a great thing. Wake up in the morning, write all your thoughts for five minutes and then just close your, you get out, get it all out first thing in the morning, you can focus. Um, but I love that it was a love letter to herself and that as the competition progressed, she could keep writing the things that she was discovering and loving and enjoying. So not only is it something that kept her um, in a positive mindset and um, helped her appreciate being present in the moment, but I think it's something she'll be able to cherish um, when she looks back on the experience of having Absolutely. what was that moment. And I think that's just beautiful. Now, I don't know what the support staff on the international productions are like and what the um, the doctors are there, but um, I hope they advise us to every future contestant of just bring a journal. Just write how you're feeling. Take your time. Take time for yourself. You are going to leave the show every night and it's going to be stressful and you're going to want to scream into the void. Here's a notebook to it right here. Uh, so I think this was great. And, and again, future contestants, take note. Yes. The queens took to the polls to vote for the first ever Miss Congeniality of Drag Race Mexico. Now, before we talk to our final four, let's find out 
who's going to be crowned the queen of nice? The votes. One vote for Lady Caro. One vote for Serena Morena, Lady Caro, Vermelia, Pixie, and we're going to learn that they probably voted for each other. Lady Caro, Lady Caro, Lady Caro, Lady Caro, Serena Morena, Lady Caro. That means by a vote of seven to two to one to one, Lady Caro is Miss Congeniality. Do you agree? I do agree. I felt like Lady Caro had the most, um, most, um, I don't know. I just maternal is the energy that I'm thinking. She felt very um, mom energy, like big mom energy. Everyone wanted yeah. to just just be around her and, and you know surround themselves with her light. And she just, I I agree. She was now. I I yeah. I don't know if they could vote for the final four, but I feel like if they could, they probably would have voted for Christian. But I also think none of them would have been like, no, she can't have a crown and Miss Congeniality. That's bullshit. Uh, so. I think Lady Kara was the right option there. Yeah, I think my interpretation was the top four were off limits. Um, I I agree. So uh, Lady Kara, I think, was the the correct person after the top four. She is gagged and, of course, very emotional finding out she won. She has won eighteen thousand pesos. That's so nice for being nice. I I should try that sometime. I wouldn't. I'd rather be me <laughs> home the grand prize. <laughs> She tells the girls she is always there for them and the pit crew is always there for us as she will get a sash. Um, she did... Um, I wish that they did a fan favorite because of the Valentina um, yeah. thing, but um, whatever, well, forever and always Valentina, everyone's fan favorite. Yes. Let's talk with our finalists. First, we will start with Christian, who will be asked what flavor is Lupe's gum. Her answer, she thinks it's like Palpa's gum. It has no taste. Um, I'm lost in the reference. Any any assistance here? Um, this was a reference that I did not that I I missed too. I was like, okay. And also, I don't think the joke hit. So if it was supposed to be yeah. funny, I didn't laugh. We will get our montage of the highlights of Christian, who really was a legend throughout the season, and we were reminded that she won the most challenges with five. Valentina calls her a badass contestant, but wants to know how she felt throughout the process. She says it was very emotional and says that joining the show was being like a child again. She connected with the artistic side she always had. She said every challenge was about breaking mental barriers and says this has been one of the best things to ever happen to her. She hasn't cried yet, so we're going to make her cry. They have a surprise for her, and it is a video from Christian's family. It's from her mom and sisters. It's very sweet. But production, come on. The bitch has been talking about her wife and child all season long. You couldn't get a fucking video from them? No, I thought the same thing. So now I'm like, wait, maybe there's something next week that we'll see because there's no way we are being denied this. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I really was, I was expecting their immediate family to be there. And when they weren't, I was like, ooh, what? Christian will finally cry this episode seeing the message and says she has been ashamed of herself, humiliated herself, hit herself many times. She's hard on herself so she can be strong. She says sometimes you hurt the people you love the most, but today she's feeling fulfilled, happy, and glad, and knows that the universe in life has given her wonderful gifts, and one of them is her family. She loves her daughter, who she longs to hug. She feels happy also with her new family. And Valentina tells her she has a beautiful family, noting the women who inspire them so much. 
And now we will get to talk about the little clip from the reunion that went pretty viral recently with Lolita's little monologue. She says that this homage they are paying to the real strong sex is very important to them. She says, we live in a society where we are used to say women suck or you throw like a girl and that kind of vexious, misogynistic, utterly stupid comments. But they who do this, they respect, admire, and feel empathy towards women and how hard it is to be a woman in Latin societies. This is a tribute to them. She goes on to say that there is a lot to be done for the trans community, for women's rights and equality, for the respect of women. It's difficult for her to know that her friends have to choose their clothes every day for them not to be molested in the street. And we as men just don't care about it. It's not part of our life. And having the balls, the ovaries to go out like this as women or queer characters with a lot of pride is a battle. A battle that all of us must fight because it's true that we have achieved things. We are celebrating drag. We are celebrating femininity, but we're not done. There are still many things to do. Uh, did not know Lolita Banana had this in her. Good for her. What a monologue. Um, Let's talk about it and dissect it a little bit. First off, obviously, through Drag Race Mexico, we've learned about the importance of women to this art of drag. Why are women in Latin communities so important? I think because there's something about the connection with how hard women work in Latin countries because um, minority women, specifically Latin women, didn't have as quick of a progression into the emancipation of women as white women did. So when white women were getting their rights to do certain things like vote, women of color didn't have that available or accessible to them yet so there's they've always been um working not only to be seen um as equals to men but seen as equals to white women and i think that struggle um that we as individuals of color um grow up seeing admiring spending time with um it's just something that's important to us um and yeah i i mean anytime i think of someone latin in in terms of drag i think that there's probably something in their drag that's an homage to um their mom or their grandmother or someone in their family who um you know either it's it's the hard worker in them or it's maybe the thea who loves to get her nails done and always has high hair um you just never know but i think there's something so important to latinos about women and about the women in their families because they represent um, a strength like no other. Absolutely. What other takeaways did you have from Lydia's little monologue? Um, I also really loved how she went on to speak about um, what privilege we have about not having to worry about picking out our clothes, not to get assaulted. Right. Um, and, and tying womanhood into trans womanhood and how just it's all interconnected the lgbtq the trans experience is connected with the same fight against misogyny it's all intertwined um it's a fight to be seen it's a, a fight to be comfortable to be in our skin and, and to live our best lives and our most authentic selves um and i i really like that because i think sometimes we get so subcategorized and well my fight's more important than yours and it's like well we're all just trying to reach the same place and we're kind of stepping on each other like crabs trying to get out of a barrel 
um, and has taken us nowhere. So I, I really took, um, took great umbrage with this moment. And I was hats off to Lolita. Very- I, I agree. And I think Valentina got it. And that's why it's been shared as frequently as it has is because she is using her platform and her voice to tell everybody this is it. This is what we are all trying to fight for. It's all interconnected. And y'all just need to listen. Just take a second, listen, and understand. And I'm glad we got this. Um, so, friends, keep on sharing it. Let's do it. Yes, please. Christian will say that she has often been accused and will still be accused of being a father who wears high heels, a wig, and makeup, but says a man or a father cannot be measured only by how macho he is, but by his guts, because even while wearing high heels, she supports her family, would even die for them if she had to help them. It's what makes her very proud and why she's still there today. Obviously, we, we touched on a little bit of uh, the machismo um, in Mexican culture and how it affects these drag artists. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited for future seasons for it to continue to be discussed because we only got little glimpses of it. Yeah, and, and I think there's something to say masculinity um in in america in the states has started to become a little more fluid we've kind of had that discussion a bit more but in a lot of latin american countries um that ideal of machismo is still very very um very much a structure in the framework of their society so i'm excited to see the franchise keep pushing this question forward of what makes a man um what makes a real man and um, bringing a conversation to the table that a lot of these Latin American countries um, haven't had the chance to to discuss. Absolutely. We're going to shift over from daddy to sexy. It's Garabato. We get a montage watching her be sexy and naughty and got to a team. We were reminded that her family doesn't know she does drag and hopes that this will make them happy and proud. She shares that she is happy to be there and have met all of them and says it's been a complex journey. She will admit that there was a point that she thought she wanted to leave because it was too much for her. She told herself not to quit because there are people that believe in her and she is there for them. Now, when do you think was the moment she wanted to leave? And do you think telling yourself that you're there for others is the right mentality in a setting like this? Um, I'm actually not sure the moment Galavada wanted to leave. I think maybe it was the moment um, when... I can't remember which challenge I thought they were going to be in the top and then they were just safe. Um, mm-hmm. I know sometimes that messes a lot with contestants brains is I know I deserve my flowers and they're not giving them to me. And I think that's right. more detrimental than doing bad because it puts you in a mindset that gets you stuck from being able to continue to progress and to evolve and to grow. So I think probably there was a moment in there that um, Galavaro um just was upset that they weren't progressing as fast as they probably saw it for themselves. I do think it's very dangerous in a setting like this to to put an extra pressure that you're here for other people or you're here for um to impress other people, to meet their expectation, to um showcase your city or be a representation for your city. I think that's just a lot of pressure um agreed put on to put on yourself and i think that can be very detrimental in in a competition like this 
Absolutely. Valentina tells her that she fought week after week to be there and says that it showed how Mexicans are in the world. They work as they're always wanting to get ahead. And she tells her that even if she is very tired, she should be very proud of the work she did. She will joke that every time she was in danger, she said she didn't want to leave and fought tooth, nail, and ball. She lost a ball and her dignity, as we are reminded of the pinata photo shoot where Gata infamously had a ball pop out. What a legacy to have. I think that's great. I think that's fun. Donatina <laughs> will ask her if she considers herself the trade of the season, and she says, yes, of course. Who do you think was the trade of the season? Um, If I had to choose, honestly, for me, it was Galarado. There were a couple of yeah, other for me, cute cuties. Maraca um, yeah. Cristian was very cute. Um, Pixie Pixie, very cute. But there was something about Galavaro. Maybe it was that million dollar smile, but just it it sure was. Yeah, I I'm with you here. It is the trade is either Gala or Matraca. I think Matraca is more my crush to this season because it's like, oh my god, you look so sweet and innocent, and then I want to corrupt you. Yes, very much that. It's time for her surprise. No, not the pit crew, but all of her friends. And yes, please, friends, let's peep that Queen of the Universe 2 winner, Taiga Brava, is in that video. Yes. Um, And the dog was in the video that she impersonated in the stand-up challenge. Uh, I was like, it took me the second watch that I did clock Taiga, but I was like, oh my God, I know that trade. Uh, speaking of trade. Yes. It's now time for our fashion girl of the season, Matraka. Our montage shows us the best of the best on the runway and how she shocked everyone in the challenges, succeeding every time. Matraka is called the fashion queen by Valentina, and she didn't think she'd ever be called that. Now, Lolita will ask her a controversial question. Does she agree with the comments made by the judges? Matraka says yes with like a question mark to it and says she doesn't want to fight, but Valentina is like, no, I want content. She tells them that she thinks they've been fair and understands that sometimes she's too literal, but she's also been accused of being a conceptual queen. Valentina tells her she loves that she has a very unique way of interpreting things, even if it's not appropriate, and loves that she does it anyway. She loves and says she always wonders where she gets her ideas from and tells her that she has a unique vision and loves the intellectual and crafty elements. Okay. Was she marked poorly by the judges like i am i not remembering this show properly i thought she was praised most of her looks i thought she was praised most of the time i thought it was a bit weird um i always remembered her doing so well on all the runways so it was a bit of a strange comment for me but um one thing i love is a queen who just says all right, this is what we're going to do and we're going to go for it. And it's either lands or it's not. It's that committal to whatever perspective you're going with. And I loved Matraka's willingness to just, this is what I'm going to do. And she ran with it. And if it didn't land for a certain week based on that comment, then, oh, well, because I remember her probably the most in terms of her fashion sense. I mean, she had some of the best looks of the year. Like, and I think I'm going to say it now. I think her- her like supernatural look is one of the best looks in the franchise history. Yes, very much. Very, very much. Brilliant. I, I thought she did well. But Matraka says she's always been trapped in her own mind. So dealing with it throughout life has allowed her to translate it into her outfits and into drag. And I feel like that's the statement that a lot of drag artists feel is when they feel misunderstood or feel that they're not connecting, that they do their own thing and they put it in their art. And that's when they finally get to feel understood. 
yeah uh drag is that drag is expression so i i definitely agree with that that's how we tell our feelings our emotions and our stories well it's time for her surprise it's a video from her family her sisters and parents she laughs that her dad is so serious and she knows it was hard for her entire family to record that as they are showing her love through other they show her their love through other things so she thanks them for even taking the time to create the beautiful family they have now let, let's say you when you get on the show i said when i said when um who will you expect a video from um, I would probably expect a video from my drag family and my fiance, but very much like Matraka, I probably would be very moved to see my family send a video. Um, because very similarly, I think my family, my family is very supportive, but I think they show their love in other ways besides words. Um, mm -hmm. they show it in their deeds, and and I think that's very true for a lot of. Uh, Latino families, specifically Mexican families. So um, I really connected with that moment and I enjoyed it because them saying it takes a lot and means a lot. Now, will you coach them before they send a video? Will you say, like before you leave for the show, will you say, if you get contacted, do not say XYZ? Actually, no, because I'd be very, <laughs> very intrigued to see what they would say. Very, very. <laughs> I love that. All right, last but certainly not, not least, Queen of the Universe, Rahina Voce. Our montage included her being called out for her experience and her battles with, with Christian. Not her runways, because, well, that was the struggle bus. But we will be reminded of the robbery that was a victory for the Rusical. Yeah. Now, Hot Mama tells Valentina she can't get enough of the Queen of the Universe bit, um, which is very crazy, as, like, literally once... Rahina vacates this set. The actual queen of the universe, Miss Drag Queen, is going to take over this set, which is just very comical to me. Rahina, um, what? Rahina will give us the real tea. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Let us know. Let us know, girl. She will give us the real tea. She doesn't know how she is because she feels different every day. She admits that before coming there, she asked herself again. She says even if she amazes herself, she'll be stepping out of her comfort zone and thinks she's a successful drag queen with a great career, but it wasn't enough. She knew she can learn, and that's where it's starting. She gets emotional, saying that this was an opportunity to start over. They called her old, but she's proud of it, bitches. She says she has taken a leap of faith and said yes. She has learned so much from everyone. She has listened to what they've said and taken it in and says they come from different generations and that the judges helped her. She says, of course, she wants to be avant-garde and that's why she's there. She came to learn. Now, I felt in this entire little monologue she gave, she was conceding that she knew she was not winning this competition and wanted to leave on her own terms. I very much felt that. I, I felt it was uh, a concession speech. I felt like she was giving her final thoughts, trying to make closure with the experience. It did not feel like I'm excited that I've traveled this far and I'm ready, ready for the last little bit or the next. It felt like, well, I did what I came here to do and I'm thankful for the experience. And it was, it had a very... um. A very sad tone to it. You could tell there was a little it bit did. of a... Yeah. And I, I mean, again, I, I stand Rohina. I was very much a big supporter of her throughout the season. There are definitely challenges 
that she was not judged properly. Like the fact that she did not win the Rusical still gets me. Yeah. And when it comes to drag race and track record, that one win, it's important. It would change how she is in this moment because she would feel like she more has a fighting chance because that's one less win for Christian. Um, And that's what really, really fascinating watching the season and listening at least the past couple of weeks I don't think it's Valentina not respecting Regina's drag. I just don't think Valentina likes old school drag. Yeah, I think it's it's two different styles of drag. And I also think it's drag from, although they share a similar heritage, they grew up in different countries. Um, As much as I love to pay homage to my heritage in my drag, my drag in other Latin America countries is very different. And I, I've seen that um, as, as I've traveled, that it's just different. And I have a feeling that Regina and Valentina just are not on the same page as to what they think drag is. I agree. Christian says that her hot mama was has a deep side in her ass. We love her sisterhood here. It's time for her surprise. And it's a video from her family, including her siblings and her mom. And this is going to get Regina to ugly cry. Way worse than Christian will. Uh, this is the most vocal sobbing we've seen all season. Like she she was she hit her peak. She was done. She was tired. The emotions were there. Yeah, you could tell that she was she was spent. She was spent. And this was just everything she had bottled up. She found the excuse to kind of let it out. She will say that her mom is gorgeous and that her mom looks like her. And she is struck by them saying that she makes the impossible possible because she has had the chance to work with important international companies, which is difficult to get accepted. She shares that she didn't want to do the last lip sync and then decided to do it because it shows that she won't give up because she's got the balls. She didn't get that far to not do it. Kadish tell her that they love her the most about her is her humbleness. Even though she's famous, they love her with all their hearts. And they all even tell her that she looks pretty even when she cries. I do not look pretty when I cry. So congratulations to you, Rahina Voce. And that's it. That's our cathartic chat with everybody. It's going to be time to find out who the winner of the Dragos Mexico is. Now, before I ask for your prediction, what I love to do on the penultimate episode is I love to go check over on the Instagram and see what the likes look like. Um, now, the Drag Race Mexico Instagram did not post the teams, but the World of Wonder did. Are you ready to hear what ha- happened? I would love to hear what ha- happened. Okay. We're going to go in alphabetical order. Condition Peralta. 4,743 likes. Galavaro, 3,671 likes. Matraca, 14,884 likes. Rahina Voce, 4,627 likes. I think the Matraca stands really got to the telephones and pressed the like button a lot. Yep, it's when people fall in love with uh, a a figure on drag race the things like track record the things like um look sometimes aesthetic things of that sort just they just don't weigh as much all the time and i think matraka um won the hearts of the viewership 
um, very a la Willow Pill. And sometimes you never know. Willow went in having not the strongest track record of the, fi- the finale in season 14. And she won the crown. And I think no one should underestimate the the love of, of the Drag Race fans. Never, never, never. Would there be a, would people freak out and like curse the show if Matraka doesn't win? Because that's like that's three people who do not even equal one person in likes. Insane. I think I think people would get it and they'd understand why Matraka couldn't win. But I think um, if Matraka did win, what an interesting twist for the for the end of the season. Well, let's let we'll, we're gonna continue that conversation with the burning questions. The finale is coming. How do you expect the format to be? I think the format's going to be one main challenge, probably singing a song, writing their own verses, doing choreography. And they're going to do one final runway. I'm hoping they go from four to top two and the top two will do a final lip sync against each other. Is there any universe? It'll be two lip syncs before the final lip sync. I don't think so, but I, it would be very interesting if they did like a lip sync off for the crown. Because if that's the case, it's anyone's game to anyone. get to that final lip sync. It really is. After 11 episodes, the winner of the season is? The winner of the season is Christian Peralta. I agree. It's going to be Christian because... As the statisticians of the Drag Race universe love to remind us, Christian is one of like two people who um, in a regular season has five wins. One person who has five wins, it's kind of a different format because on Thailand they gave wins also to runway. So Christian is the most winning with five maxi challenge victories. Yeah. You can't deny that. And you can't deny the impact that Christian Peralta had on this season. Christian was a player as a character in every single episode, whether it was through the challenges, through mirror talks. Christian, for me, is up there in the likes of dominating performances like a Carmen Ferrara, Envy Peru. That's who I see Christian as. So for me to not see Christian win would be the gag of the entire year. Yeah, it would. But I have that- an inclination. That being said, if Matraka wins, I don't think Matraka being the face of Dragos Mexico is a bad thing because no. she represents heritage and the future of drag in a way that I do not think we have seen on this program before. I completely agree. This is by far one of the best top fours in the franchise. And that's why I think this is going to be a fun finale. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm really excited for it. Um, will I wait until like 3 a.m. to get the notification that Drag Race Mexico is now available? I might, because I don't want to get spoiled by fucking social media. Um, but I, it has to be Christian. It has to be. It has to. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? As always, you can find me across all social platforms, Instagram, Twitter, um, 
of Venmo, Snapchat, oop, not Snapchat, <laughs> Venmo Cash App, all huh? under the Antonio Amor, that's T-H-E, Antonio like Banderas, Amor, A-M-O-R, Spanish word for love, because a queen loves a dollar. Um, coming up, you can see me at Bushwick on September 9th on the main stage at 10.15 p.m. Um, you can also catch some special performances, or you can see me weekly at my show at Someday Bar in Brooklyn uh, for Antonio's Bubbly Bingo Brunch and Antonio's Brunch. Uh, that takes place on uh, every Sunday over in Brooklyn. Uh, big projects coming up in October. So if you'd like a good Halloween queen, then you know where to find me. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for chatting. It was a pleasure. Thank you. As always, I love to come and talk on the pod with one of my favorite pod talkers. 